Tennessee, the Boy. volunteer state. Make sure you go to our website, musicbiz101wp.com. Sign up for that newsletter. You need to sign up for our newsletter. Follow us on the Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebook, at musicbiz101wp. And of course, we have a podcast, which many of you are listening to right now, mm-hmm. and you found it at iTunes or SoundCloud, Music Biz, Ampersand, 101. No, Music Biz 101, <laughs> Ampersand, more. Music Biz 101 and more. I'm your professor, David Kirk Philp. Who are you? I am Stephen Marconi. Dr. Esteban. Yes. And so as you listen, you'll hear a student. You're going to hear a great, great person. But this was a summer class because of William Patterson, the university. So we want to thank Ashley Weltner, who's been our engineer for all of our radio shows over the past year. And she hooked us up with this tremendous technique of recording that we're doing right now. And we should give thanks. So we put our uh, hands together, legs together, eyes closed, heads down. Thanks to the folks at Van Dyne Bruno, Inc., and White Hat Management with artists like Charlie Puth, Dave Matthews, and Kith. There's only one place to go for your band's business management. Go to VB CPA.com when you are ready. And we should all give thanks to Christine Vey. Oi, a wealth manager and the president of <laughs> Oi Vey Management. <laughs> Oi Vey Wealth Management. Christine has helped many of our professionals at William Patterson University to manage their investments and plan out for their retirement. If you're looking for some guidance on how to plan for your retirement, or if you have any questions on anything from investments and portfolio management to insurance retirement planning, give Christine a call at, repeat after me, 732. 732. 455. 455. 1510. 1510. You can also email her, Christine at Oi. They Wealth. <laughs> Dot com. And take the last oi off for savings. That's right. Many shout outs to many different people, but don't forget managing your band's sixth edition. By the time you hear this, it has been out for a year, but like fine wine, it's aging beautifully. Mm-hmm. It's a book, it's in color, it's got glossy pages. And only a few mistakes. Very few mistakes. <laughs> so you're going to love it. And always contact, uh, contact us. Again, go to musicbiz101wp.com, and that's where you can find everything out. Again, big thanks to the Music Biz Association for having us here. Yes. And now on to La Interview. Yeah! Music Biz 101 more on Brave New Radio. It's as low as my voice goes. Yeah, I'm your professor, David Kirk Philp, along and with you. I your... am his co-host. Dr. Esteban Marconi. It's good to have him here today. Let's give Dr. Esteban Marconi a hand. And without whom we would be sane, probably. <laughs> it's very possible, <laughs> very, very possible. But today we're here with uh, Julian... Warden. Warden. Yeah. Warden. Yes. I didn't write with down your w. name, of course, uh, yes, Warden, yes. Julianne, but not Julianne. No. My wife's name is Julianne, you're okay. Julianne. Mm-hmm with an A-N, to pronounce the A-N. Yes. 
but it's not Anne. But not Anne. It's nah. more like an Anne. No, that's right. Warden. W-O-R-D-E-N. Remember that name, because in 30 years, maybe you'll get famous. Should tell you People that we had, he had it on Monday. That's right. Yeah, and and no, this, is, on Monday. this is the best part of the podcast. <laughs> no, I don't, no, I don't this know. is the best part. I'm not worried about it. Julian, we do have a guest with us today. We do. Yeah. We have Nathan Doze. Is that how you say your yeah. last name? Do- okay. Doze. Yeah, so we found out late in like... I think I was a teenager. My my dad came home and 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 said, "Oh, I've I've found out that it's doze, <laughs> like a Z sound. It's D O H S E." And he was like, "It's it's it's actually pronounced doze, not dose." Mm-hmm. And uh, no one can kind of really make that change. So yeah. just kinda, you know, <laughs> what were you saying as it before? Before you were saying doze. Dose and doze. Okay. I mean, they're so similar that yeah. that I. So I believe it's supposed to be doze with a Z, but you know, mm-hmm. whatever you want to say. Um, different variations, dosi, um, <laughs> dosh, and then I, in high school they took that one a little further. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was <laughs> just going to say. Yeah. That. Yeah. 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 So that, that, but I think that was on purpose. I don't think that yeah. was a. A mistake because how they felt with you from yeah. a friendship yeah. perspective. Right. <laughs> Dosh yeah. turned into its own uh, nickname. So, yeah. Right. but yeah, yeah. How you good? How you guys doing? Pretty well. Pretty yeah. well. All right. We're excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. Very Julian, excited. So Julian uh, came up with a whole bunch of questions for you. Yes. Tell, sure. give a little uh, background. Yeah, yeah. Nathan so um, and- Nathan is the COO of AGD Entertainment and the founder of Zero to Sixty by AGD. Zero to sixty. Yes, zero to sixty, and um, zero. So, Say the word zero. 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 Okay. Zero. What was I saying? <laughs> I. I <laughs> is that zero? Zero to sixty. I don't know. I'll just, I the, felt like you had an accent mm. from like you were trying to say Doge too many times. Okay. Okay. <laughs> and then zero. Nathan at all today. Okay. Is Nathan here? He is. Or, here. Is our guest here? Yes, today? he is. Okay, I wasn't sure. Okay, go on. All right, so let's uh, just jump right in, I guess. Um, <laughs> um, so like maybe talk about what is what does AGD do and uh, what were some of the things that led you to becoming COO? Yeah, so um, AGD Entertainment uh, looks to become uh, you know an umbrella entertainment company where eventually we'll have um, uh, quite a number of management uh, uh, houses underneath us. We really want to um, be building out um, boutique management and partnered management, a lot like you might see with red light management and, mm-hmm. and some of that. So that's a, that's some aspiration that we have for the company. We're also, uh, you know, as AGD Entertainment, looking to uh, begin some publishing uh, in 2019, and uh, and then from there, the the sky's the limit. So the the way we structured the company was to allow for us to have a lot of uh, downstream activity with all of the artists that that come into our ecosystem. And uh, so my brother and I started the company. Um, we started AGD Entertainment in its title. It's uh, uh, AGD is another great day. Um, oh, and uh, yeah, and a lot of people think it's artist growth and development. And, and I'm usually like, oh, that would have made sense. <laughs> but it's not that. Um, yeah. It's another great day, which is great because it, you know, it, it doesn't really mean anything, right? But it means everything of yeah. just a positive positive inflection to working in the music industry, which uh, is needed frequently. Because um, it can be a grind, you know, for a lot of the, a lot of artists and a lot of people working in this industry. So, 
another great day entertainment started as uh honestly like a, a fake booking agency for my brother and i to book our band out of this would have been uh early 2000s um myspace era um and where you know if you were your own band you kind of didn't get taken as seriously and the internet was not quite as transparent to where you could figure out that uh the person who was the booking agent at a, at AGD Entertainment was actually the bass player of the band, right. and uh, and that transparency. I mean, like now, I, I have bands that are doing that, and I'm like, knock it off, man. Like yeah. like a couple of Google searches, and they can figure out yeah. you're the guy in the band. <laughs> Just be the guy in the band. It's all mm -hmm. right, you know. Uh, but that's how the name started, and then in 2013. I had finished uh, writing the Zero to Sixty program, which is a 350 plus task uh, and instruction list on the setup and rollout of uh, a project or an album. Mm -hmm. And so that is built out across five, five pillars that we believe make up an artist foundation. So that's gonna be your day-to-day -day operations, your booking, um, your PR, your branding, and your marketing. And our philosophy as we looked around was that most artists were usually good at two or three of those things. And as we came into the new era of artist development, um, where the expectation from labels and management and everybody in between was that two or three wasn't cutting it and you had to really get the whole the whole uh, package put together and, and to really see success, you really had to have a foundation built across all five of those pillars. So we, uh, we you know, created a curriculum to help artists get up to speed on wherever they might be, uh, might be weak. And so that's our primary uh, service right now. Um, as, as AGD Entertainment, that's our, that's our number one. Um, service offering is the zero to 60 program artists can uh, sign up to go through that program uh, it's open-ended time frame six to nine months on average mm. they're partnered with an artist coach who meets with them or skypes in with them every two weeks and uh, gives them uh, 15 to 20 things to be working on over that two-week period mm. that are uh, it's non-linear so it's it's very uh, very customized to the specific artist needs. So the coach has that curriculum memorized and knows what needs to be priority given just where, where each individual artist mm -hmm. is at. Mm -hmm. So every coaching session uh, is different for, for each artist of what the priorities are gonna be. So Cool, yeah. cool. So, How did you go about like forming that curriculum? spending way too much time making way too many mistakes. Uh, I was in a band for 10 years and, uh, you know, by, by the time, you know, we, we kind of, uh, by the time I was transitioning out of being in a band and moving into management, I just really thought about what I wanted when I was 21, 22. Um, and I think the I think the big thing about offering artist services is to think about equally what artists want and what artists need. Mm -hmm. And I think a big mistake that people make is that they try to offer 
one or the other and not both. So you'll have something that's like, oh man, artists need a lot of information. So you'll have somebody that does a, writes a book or does a blog or something like that. And artists do need information and education, but they want help, right? They want encouragement. They want uh, access. And so that's where we tried to offer both. So artists who come into the Zero to 60 program, they, they get all of the education, they get all of the information, they get, but they also are getting the help and the accountability, even to the point that we now offer a full service task fulfillment. So our, our team can actually execute all the tasks inside that curriculum if the artist is wanting to just have a team doing things for them as opposed to doing it themselves. So that's where we tried to create something that is both want and need. And your revenue stream is, is how? It's a pay-for program. So it's a it's a startup fee to, to get through the door and we build out the campaign. Like I said, it's pretty customized for each artist. So there's, mm -hmm. a, there's an element of customization that does go into it from the start based off of a strategy session that we do with the artist. And the strategy session's free. And that's something that I really, you know, I really believe is is just really awesome for artists to be able to come in and just do a 45 minute session with somebody where we'll we'll lay out exactly what we think they should be doing we uh we do a when you do a strategy session with us you'll get a proposal from us for the services that we have in mind but as part of that proposal it's going to be a, a strategy proposal that says this is what we think as an artist you should do um, over the next year mm -hmm. and that strategy is really not it's not really something that we're like this is what we want to do it, it it really is this is what you should be doing if you end up working with us to do it that's great but if you don't and you do it on your own or you go find somebody else, this is still probably what you should be doing. So that's kind of like, uh, hey, take this, run with it. If you can do it on your own or if you have a team already, like if you if you got a group of friends that, you know, that you want to partner up and, and pal around with mm -hmm. and, and figure it out, then then that's great. You know, build it, build it yourselves. But but so it's a pay for service. We've got a startup fee. Um, to build out the campaign, that's the same for any artist that, that comes in. How much is that? And that's a $585 startup fee. So, mm -hmm. so it's definitely a commitment, uh, yeah. but still fairly affordable um, in the sense that our, our vision was to try and make sure that uh, you know, a bartender or barista, singer-songwriter could, could really come up with the amount of money to do it and not have to you know, uh, take out a... You know, loan or something right. like that you know mm -hmm. and so then there's a $200 a month fee for for coaching uh, and that's uh, and and so that includes the bi-weekly meetings and then the um, the client also has access to their coach through our third part third-party task management app that we use for all communication so the artist can actually be working on their stuff like in the middle of the night you know and asking a bunch of questions and coach comes in the next morning is answering all those questions so it's a great place for 
asking really the the what what, what might be the the dumb question, you know, that maybe you have a mentor in the music business that you can ask the big questions to, but what about the ones that you're like, oh, well, CD Baby won't let me do an instant gratification track for under 11 songs when I distribute my album, but I read this blog that said I need to do an instant gratification track. What do I do? Is that or is that a is that or is that not a question that you call your mentor from such and such records or your mentor from, you know, BMI or whatever? Is that a question for them? that's de debatable yeah. you know you, you want to save that mentor relationship for the big questions and things like that so this is a place where any question is you know you can ask us a million questions uh in the middle of the night your coach comes in the next day and and answers all those um in between uh sessions so well, dave and i do a lot of obviously um you know talking at various conferences and so on yeah and we have a book Sixth edition of my book, Managing a Band, actually, yeah. is out now. But we found that we were in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, which is a millennium conference, which is pretty established. Yeah. And it was about, what did you say, 50 people in the room, mostly artists and maybe a couple of songwriters and maybe some managers. God, we were starting with a pretest for them just to see where... Yeah, where we were, it was astonishing the... beyond the big three. That was anything beyond that. Name two booking agencies. Name, okay, Live Nation and who else for promote? <laughs> yeah. it, we were astonished because these people were doing it. Doing it. It's not a question, yeah. you know, that thinking about our freshman class or something yep. that we'd have. These people were, and we were really uh, surprised at how um, much they didn't know yeah it's so confused yeah I mean, they're just you know well and it's all changing you know it's all it's it's changing overnight and that's why we decided to build uh the zero to 60 program is through that third party task management app because yeah. when i come to a festival like this and i sit or a conference like this and and i sit in on a on a panel um, with Spotify or, uh, you know, one of these things. And they're talking about how now from your Spotify app, you can share whatever you're listening to directly over to your Instagram story. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty important information. And through a blog or something like that, you could get the information out really quickly for those changes. But, um, we're able to go in and, and I can actually through through our process I can go in and change the description of how to execute one of the tasks uh, that is going out to the artists and every single artist in our uh, in our program will get a notification that there's an update um, and so then they'll be able to go and, and be like oh there's we're mm -hmm. doing we're doing this differently now and uh, and, and that type of that's the thing that, you know, the artist, it, ch it changes overnight, man. So, so that's where like, Hey, how are we doing this? What, you know, does the Spotify share have audio or does it not have audio? We still don't know. No, it doesn't have audio. It should. Right. If you guys want to, you know, tell Spotify, if you see them, like, please share the audio. They can't, it's a license problem. Anyways. Um, which is interesting. Well, it's master music. But I'm thinking because yeah. uh, 
Facebook owns Spotify, and Facebook has been signing deals. Or uh, Facebook owns Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Spotify. Right. Sorry, Spotify, Spotify owns Instagram. Instagram. Or do we own Spotify? The people own Spotify, right? <laughs> Certainly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but, but, yeah, but, but uh, yeah, Facebook so, owns Instagram, so you would think with all those licenses being done, but obviously yeah, it's not. Yeah, I don't, think they've quite, I don't think they've quite cleared that part yet. It's yeah. almost like they went yeah. too soon then. Yeah, or but there might be something where they don't want it. I don't know. Like, I, the, the, a friend of mine asked asked in in the panel. What did Spotify say? We don't have an answer for that at this time. <laughs> <laughs> they do, and yeah, that person yeah, doesn't just, know. Yeah. Or she was told don't that person doesn't know, or they just don't want to tell us. Which right. is, hey, their prerogative. You know, the funny thing is on the Spotify conversation when I'm talking with my artists. You know, there's a lot of complaints about. Um, well, all the platforms, right? All the streaming platforms. There's a lot of complaints from artists about what, well, why aren't, why aren't, why isn't it this way or why isn't it that, that way? And I just always remind the artists, like, hey, this is not for you. Mm -hmm. Spotify built this thing for the fans, and they built their platform for the consumer, and they built it perfectly. Like the consumer is stoked. Like, everybody that loves music loves the Spotify platform. Mm -hmm. And they said, hey, let's figure out what those people want and then go figure everything else out. After we, after we nail that, mm -hmm. we'll go figure everything else out because that's the most important thing. And artists can learn a lot from that because they're not doing that. Artists are always doing what they want. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know, and they're going, oh, well, I want, uh, which is important. It's good. It, you know, you need to say, you need to know your truth and you need to speak your truth and create your art and be authentic. Absolutely. But if you're not really thinking at all about what your, your demographic wants, then, you know, so they can learn a lot from that. But yeah, so, uh, so the, the back to the you know kind of the some of the services the task fulfillment service that we have is where we do get into a little bit more of a commitment from the artist that's maybe more for a label or a, a manager um who needs some help with day-to-day -day that uh that can come in so we have the five we have the the base service is the coaching that's really the access point for the independent artists for the young mm -hmm. artists is to just get that coaching the bulk of the responsibility still falls on the artist to execute everything um but for uh mid-level artists labels and managers we have a full service offering where we can actually our staff can execute uh everything within that program mm -hmm. all the the 350 plus tasks can be executed by staffers at hd entertainment uh, for 900 a month is, uh -huh. is that service and so that's kind of more of that creating that uh, team around an artist. Mm -hmm. And I think that's attractive to a lot of people because uh, we made a commitment that if we were going to be a pay-for service, we weren't going to be a commission service. And so, yeah, so we made that, as an artist, I always felt really uncomfortable with that. Like, if I'm paying you to do something, I want, I'm, I'm hedging my bets on me and you that I'm going to pay you, my music's going to hit, and be successful, and then I don't want to have to pay you more, right? Because I made a good yeah. decision to hire you for a job. 
So I always felt uncomfortable with models that that were a pay for service plus a sunset, you know, uh, on on commission, a hook. And some of the people that we've been talking about when we're when we're talking about scaling, maybe some investment to take this thing to to you know L.A. or New York because we're we're pretty focused on Nashville right now. Um, they don't like you know in the investors they want that hook you know they yeah, want they want that uh that intellectual property and and some rights some rights management and some some control and stuff yeah. which we'll we'll see about getting there with maybe publishing and and things like that down the line but for right now mm-hmm. i think our service is becoming more and more attractive to labels and managers to be able to say hey we can hire this team for full service to tackle all of these basic task needs mm-hmm. and uh and they're not and they're not coming for a check afterwards yeah you know? like they're not do you have any competition i get that question a lot and and i'm sure we do i th- you know i haven't identified well no one can do no one can do the task fulfillment service because to do the task fulfillment service you'd have to have a program of 350 plus yeah, tasks right, and right. i think we're the only one that really has that in that Mm-hmm. structure um, I think the biggest competition is going to be from the uh, just management consulting is is definitely very common and there's yeah, a lot sure. uh, there's a lot in that space but it's not open door we're open door any mm-hmm. artist can come and 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 work with us and uh, and I don't think anybody is uh, competitive on the pricing our our goal is to really be a standard for this we want to be kind of the the target of day-to-day management and artist development mm-hmm. whereas walmart mm-hmm. eh, yeah it's cheap but <laughs> do, you know you don't want to tell anybody that you're like coffee tables from walmart that's you know what i mean right. but but you can tell them your coffee tables from target that's fine mm-hmm. you know <laughs> like right. it's good it's good you know that's yeah. good and that's what I think is missing is is uh, in 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 a lot of this is just good help, you know, good uh, a good service that any artist can sign up for and and work through mm-hmm. and and get the help that they need, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe the talent comes through the process. Like if the, so, if the talent's coming up short at the beginning, I, I think that it it develops through the process and and uh can grow from that and then and then hopefully for the artists who are super talented and coming through the door and having this then it just it just blows the the windows wide open you know blows the doors wide open to have this attention to detail on these uh small tasks Mm -hmm. um so if the art is ready to go it's just it's beautiful and awesome Mm -hmm. if the talent's not quite ready to go What's cool is that now the now the process education is out of the way. They know how to do everything. They're not banging their heads against the wall, going, "What should I be doing to be successful?" And I see most people, most artists that never fully develop their talent. That's because they're spending all their time trying to learn how to do the business and yeah. not focusing on the craft. And I think that's from from looking at my own experience, my own band. I think that was the case. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I got, I, I could, I can write a jam. You know, mm-hmm. I could, I could wail, but I think I was always, 
I think I was always a little bit more interested on the business side. I was really trying to figure out how we could be successful from a business perspective. I spent more time on that than I did on writing songs. And so mm -hmm. if we can alleviate that for people, then, sure. then they can spend more time on the craft and the talent can grow. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the goals. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, you talked about for all artists, like your service, have you ever had an instance where there was an artist that came in like that, you know, went on the website and filled out the form to do the strategy meeting? Yeah. Like, have you ever had an instance where there was an artist that came in and then they really didn't seem like they had their ducks in a row and they weren't really ready to like, has that ever, something like that? Yeah, yeah. Like really take it seriously. Well, they're not supposed to have their ducks in the row. We put their ducks in a row for them. So that part's fine. Um, we, in the, when they sign up for a strategy session, they, they put one year, two year, five year goals okay. that they have. That's a question as they're signing up for the session. So we're going into the session already knowing their goals. Um, and front, through the strategy session, uh, the, the biggest thing that we're trying to, as a pay-for service, what you, the couple of things that you have. On the front end of this thing, I mean, a lot of people, we had, we had to do a lot of work to really verify that this wasn't a get, get famous quick yeah. thing. You know, yeah. this wasn't a, you know, uh, we, I mean, we, we talk so little about, uh, you know, record contracts or anything like that because we're just focused on process. So when you get a, a strategy session coming in and the one-year goal is, uh, you know, signed to Sony, um, and then we have a section in there of, like, notable accomplishments so that we can kind of know what they've done already. And so when the one-year goal is signed to Sony and the notable accomplishments is we won our high school battle of the bands, we're going into that session eyes wide of like this is going to be a uh, reality check for this artist and when you provide an artist with a reality check they don't like that very much um, and so yes we've had some situations where you know, a client did decide to sign up with us and and we were all kind of going okay this is this is going to be a lot of work and and hopefully we can really but that's why we don't put us uh we, that's why we don't put a strict timeline on it um the setup portion of our program can be as long as the artist needs it to be Obviously, from a month-to-month -month payment, that's going to get a little bit more expensive. Mm. But if you are valuing the consistent encouragement and accountability, then then it definitely has its value. Um, well, I, I think kind of going off what you're saying, a service like yours can weed out yeah. almost for the artists themselves. Yeah. They can go through and they can finally learn, all right, maybe... I, I, a lot of people dream, but they don't want to do the work to achieve the dream. Sure. It's really just yeah. a, more a sure. fantasy than yeah. something that they're actually going to work hard to get. Right. And the and the first the first question is always, uh, who are your connections? And I just always, you know, tell them that that's not what this is about. You know, this isn't about who we know. We do want to see artists move move through our program. And if they aren't already established with, with industry partners, we do create a lot of uh, discovery for them. We have a summer expo and awards 
um, night that is actually happening next week on May 22nd. And that's an invite-only private event for music industry and our clients. And so that's where we showcase all the work that we've been doing. All of our music industry friends come out, and uh, and it's a really great night. And then the awards are, are talent-based. So we're, we're having third-party music industry personnel vote on the best single, the best music video, and the best album. And then there are opportunities that we're creating specifically for the award winners that are, uh, you know, they're not a pay-for thing. They are, hey, you know, we'll be having a uh, showcase at South by Southwest, and the award winners uh, will be performing at that showcase. Things that are, uh, you know, rewarding talent, because that is important. And so then when an artist comes in, you know, to sign up for our program, it's not about like, oh, are you going to tell such and such label about me? Yeah, we are. Mm. at the expo mm. at the awards and if you want them to be impressed you should work very hard to to try and win an award and if and if your talent is growing then you might just need to do a couple campaigns you know put out a couple EPs or a couple of singles or something to to grow and i think that's okay i think we i think we put a little bit too much pressure on artists to you know, never grow. Like you need to be here now. It's, it's fine. We can take our time, if you have time. You you're know. you're um, based here in Nashville. Based here, yeah. So do you have mostly pickers and, you know, guitar players, pickers and and songwriters and. Songwriters? Oh no, no, man. I mean, one of the one of the songs up for best single this year is a um, heavy metal band called Tell the Wolves I'm Home. That put a put out a, a song called Wilt, that is uh, blowing up on the Spotify playlist. You know, it was featured on the metalcore, um, and then the other song. There's three songs up for best single. The other one that comes to mind right now is uh, No Way by Lottie, and Lottie is an Americana artist. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty vast. It's pretty. Mm -hmm. It's pretty stretched out. You know. Um, it's not genre specific, and we've worked really hard to make sure that um, it stays that way. So you, sorry. Can I follow up on yeah, what yeah, they yeah, just yeah. said? Just, um, yeah. You mentioned a band, you just said, Tell the Wolves I'm Home. Yes. And the song Wilt. So I just went to Spotify, and yeah, yeah it does have 323,000 yeah. plays on it. Yeah. What did you do with the band like that to get yeah. them? And you mentioned that they're on a Spotify playlist. Yep. So yep. talk about some of the process that you went, how long you worked with them. Yeah, so so we worked with them on a on an EP release um, that, that that song was a single for. And uh, and they're great guys and a, and a great band. And, and, and here's the thing about Spotify, and I was, I was joking with Amber, um, who spoke earlier in the you know the next generation yeah, uh, this panel this morning and and I said hey you know what I just wanted to commemorate the whole Spotify team in that they're really good at their jobs they find music man I mean they f the music that belongs on those playlists they they find it mm -hmm. we Educate on how to pitch to Spotify playlists, and you know I'll throw it out here right now. First, every the answer to that question all the time is go through your distributor. So uh, your distributor is is the person who's supposed to be approaching 
the marketing team at Spotify and they have that access and that's what they do. So use that. And there's plenty of distributors that have really great processes for that. Here in town is a company called one RPM that is a distributor and, and they, and they have a great playlisting, um, team themselves and then they they do a great job in their marketing department as distributor well. like cd baby tune core distributor cd baby yep like so, uh, to a dsp distributor uh to your your digital streaming platforms mm-hmm. um and yeah distro kid cd baby tune core one rpm is in one room. rpm okay. it, and they're they're locally based here i think they actually formed in i think they're based in brazil and then they have an office here in town. And so we partner with them uh, whenever possible. Um, and, 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 and then there's a lot that you can do for uh, playlist strategy, but eventually you have to trip that algorithm on Spotify for, for it to get noticed. And, and, and there's a really, really easy way to trip the algorithm. And that is to have friends fans and family listening to your song because they like your band Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean that's the that's the trick it's just get don't worry about getting on a spotify playlist work with a distributor who has that access give them the proper tools by giving them marketing updates saying hey we got put on this this you know we had a local magazine do an article about us here can you share this with spotify you know um things like that but don't worry the first goal should not be to get and uh and this was one of my panels i think that you were on is is a talk that we do about one goal is to capture your own community stop trying to capture somebody else's community that's not yours like you have to bring those people into your community and when you're always looking outside of your community um, you're missing it. You know, the, the first goal is to capture your community. So your friends, your family, your fans have to be listening to your music first. Otherwise no one else is going to like, so when that happens and with tell the wolves I'm home, they have a great local following. Um, when they play shows here in town, uh, they're, they're selling out, you know, 150, 200, uh, cap rooms here in town, you know, for the, for the dive metal, mm-hmm. metal, the metal bands, you know, and they have a great following, um, here in town. And when they put out a new single, people, people rush to it and, and listen to it. And that trips the algorithm, which makes them discoverable to the, to the Spotify curators and they picked it up organically. So that's mm-hmm. how that got to that. You know, I, I think it was the metal core playlist on Spotify that it was on for quite a while. And, uh, and that was organic, you know, by working hard to engage your, uh, some fans and get some, some local fans. So that's, that's the trick. And, and all of the things that when you go and you get a magazine to do a premiere of your single or your video, which will teach you how to do, you know, when you do that, Everyone thinks like, oh man, if I can just get on in Rolling Stone, if I can have Rolling Stone do my premiere, uh, obviously, you know, millions of people read Rolling Stone, so that'll be millions of people who go and listen to my music. 
we had a Pace magazine premiere just just recently, and uh, I talk about this a lot. So eventually, Pace is going to be like, "I hate you. Stop saying this." <laughs> um, but but we had a premiere with them a while back, and it it didn't really move the needle. Uh, we didn't see traffic from that, except for from our own fans already got really excited that their that their artists that they already really loved they were really excited about it. we sent more people to pace than pace sent to us mm-hmm. because our fans were really really excited about that premiere um and i think that's the part that that is is missing with a lot of uh up and coming artists is that like you know and look out and around you not up you know look at what's happening around you and participate in that because um the you know the writer that did do the piece for us with paste had actually just gone to paste they had just become a, a contributor over there and for two years prior they had been writing a blog that had minimal followers but we were sending them pieces all the time hey will you interview this artist will you premiere this thing and we championed that blog for two years and then when they went on to paste they you know took care of us so mm. and that's how that works you know so yeah um i imagine a lot of the stuff that you do maybe when you do facebook ads or instagram ads for like bands or singer songwriters like are you paying those fees or is that them uh we we build it's it's all about setting up uh Setting them up, I, you know, I don't want, the other thing that I am very against when it comes to artist services is when you've hired somebody to do a job for you, an art, like for, as an artist, you've gone and hired somebody, and then when, when they're done working for you, everything that they did, you don't have access to, or you can't recreate in some way, I think that's terrible you know mm-hmm. uh so so even when we're doing the service like if if we're if we've been brought on for task fulfillment of marketing services which is where we would do the ads we're going to build the audience in their ads manager and we're going to build that out and that's going to be something that they can use for the next five years um that they can operate off of and then we're going to set them up in their account and so then they are you know that account is set up and optimize to function properly. Mm-hmm. So to, to answer the question, they would be paying that that advertising. And then that's just communication of, hey, what's your ad budget? Um, but you can be effective on Facebook advertising and Instagram advertising with a dollar a day. Right. Uh, if you have your targeting right, you can, you can be effective. And again, that's coming back to your community. Hey, why are we spending money trying to advertise to the whole country when your whole town doesn't even know who you are, you know, like start local, start, start where you're at, you know? And, uh, and so we're, we're trying to set it up in a way that, that, that lives on with them. Mm -hmm. You know, once, once we build that audience, we really encourage them only be showing ads to this audience for the next extended time so that you can chip away at it unless you have a really big budget and you can try multiple audiences. But yeah. What's interesting about that is there's a guy named Martin Atkins, Okay. Who wrote a book called Tour Smart? Yeah, I mean, Tour Smart. Yeah, yeah. really good book. Yeah. Probably ten years book. ago at this yeah. point. Very good book. And pre 
explosion of Instagram, Facebook, yeah. Twitter. But it, and it was still it's still a MySpace almost era book, the end yeah. of MySpace. But oh, I miss MySpace. Those were the days. <laughs> his point about touring now directly connects to what you just said about Facebook yep. ads and Instagram yep. ads, which is don't tour outside of your area of influence. Yeah. So if I'm based in New Jersey, why would I need to go to Oregon or Texas or no. so the, yeah. anywhere west of the Mississippi because yeah. nobody's heard of me. Why am I even I'm a drop in the in a you know pond or yep. ocean over there. So same thing with, with the uh, ad strategy for yep. social media. Same thing. Is why am I going for the full world when I really can micro target and reach and, the and five hundred dollars will go so far if you're mm -hmm. micro-targeting. Mm -hmm. But you'll spend $500 and, and barely barely touch anybody uh, across the whole whole mm -hmm. US, but you can actually get a lot of traction out of 500 bucks. But uh, you know, the touring, I, I'm glad you brought that up because that's a, that's a thing that, it, it might be a place that we have the most uh, dissonance with folks, but I just, I'm a believer, man. I, I, and, and I've had, it's it's one place that I'm just open to have to have open debate, but I just think that if you're if you're wanting to be a performing artist, you need to start playing shows not in <laughs> you your perform. town. Yeah. yeah, you can't play. You need to be playing, at, you know, at least like four or five shows a month. I feel like is is what you need to be doing to be growing, and uh, and you can't play four to five shows a month in your hometown. So, and that's not even about, eventually that becomes about audience building, but that's not even a, only about audience building. That's not even about fan growth. That's just about getting good. Like you need to be on stage. You can't rehearse being on stage. It's the only experience. Like, like it's the only thing you can't practice being on stage. You can't practice troubleshooting a guitar cable going out. It's just gonna say all the you things know, that mess you all up. All the things that go yeah. wrong and, and not panicking and throwing a fit and like what's the singer supposed to do when the mic stops working? Uh, we were at the Ryman uh, for I, I'm an I'm an emo kid, guys. Like I can't like I said, I came up on MySpace early two thousands. Um, so I was at Dashboard Confessional okay. at the Ryman and uh, the opener I'd never seen him before. Um, and I went and listened to his music afterwards. It was great. Is Noah Gunderson, mm -hmm. and uh, he was having technical difficulties badly. Mm -hmm. um, the guitar going in and out uh, and all this at the Ryman, which is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It was a surprise. Everyone was a little bit surprised. He was making jokes about Elvis's ghost being mad at him, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he just he unplugged his cable and he stepped out and walked out to the front of the stage mm -hmm. and goes. And two thousand people, whatever the rhyming is, twenty five hundred or something like that, dead quiet. And he finished the song, mm. completely acoustic. Mm. I mean, chills, man, mm -hmm. chills. That level of composure does not come from playing one show locally every seven weeks or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. or playing the same club to the same friends where you know the sound guy and you know all the things that can go wrong. You gotta get on the road. So you do need to get on the road, you do need to do it smart and, and play you know the closest town to you um, and, and, and grow. And so we also teach on that and, and we encourage all the artists to get out and start playing, start playing shows. What are some of the ways you know? that you advise like 
slowly spreading the band out as far as where they're playing, like to do it smart, like you said. Yeah, uh, there's a there's a booking agent named Brian Waymire who does a Red Gorilla Music Festival in Austin during South by Southwest week, um, who taught me the what I what has also been called the hub and spoke um, tour method. And uh, he, I don't know if he had a title for it, but he, he taught me it years ago, probably 15 years ago. And, uh, and basically, don't go anywhere that you're not going to go back to within 8 to 12 weeks. So that's the first rule of thumb. Um, and, uh, and, and so that's to that, why, if I'm mm-hmm. from Boston, why am I playing Portland if I can't get back to Portland within 8 to 12 weeks, mm-hmm. right? Which oh, then good. becomes really hard mm-hmm. and really expensive. So even when you get these opportunities like, oh, we can play this festival in Portland, well, that's great, but can you get back to Portland 12 weeks after the festival so that all the people that saw you at the festival have the opportunity to become fans because they don't become fans fans the first time. A fan is somebody who has made a decision to participate with your music. So somebody who sees you at a festival has made the decision to go to the festival. They haven't made the, and they might have liked you, but they've never made a conscious decision to participate with you. And you have to give them that opportunity. If they've liked you, you have to give them that opportunity. So even if you are playing a huge festival in Portland, can you get back to Portland to actually create, to turn those people who liked you into fans it's hard and expensive, so you have to stay in a place where you can get eight. You know, eight. I mean, probably your your radius is five to eight hours away, where you could play a show on a Sunday night and still make it back to class on Monday morning. Mm-hmm. You know, don't skip class, guys. <laughs> or miss work. Or miss work. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And a lot of these things, you a lot of artists they don't realize how hard all of this stuff is. And when we right. talk about spending the money and that weeds them out, I think. They follow your instructions and they start to realize how tired they get, how hungry they yep. are, yeah. how hard this is, yeah. how my girlfriend doesn't, I never see my girlfriend or whatever. And oh, then yeah. thing too, okay, now, maybe I don't want to do this. Yeah. Well, so, uh, you know. Or maybe I want to do it even art, more and yeah, I'm maybe, loving this. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and you were saying, what about the arts? that come in and they're they're not they're not ready or something like that sometimes i'll say hey uh 250 shows a year how does that make you feel and i and i can just read their eyes <laughs> like if they go yeah, this, yeah. you should be a songwriter <laughs> like because at some point you're going to be playing if you're going to be a successful performing artist you're going to be playing 200 well here's a good st- i was talking to we have a pop popular music program at william patterson yeah. university and there's a girl uh senior in high school thinking about coming in she wants to be a singer maybe pop singer or whatever but she yeah. wants to be on stage performing and we were talking and um i was explaining to her that it's very hard to be Beyonce. You know, there are only yeah. so many slots in the world available for that. What you really want to go for is if you really love this is I want to be the middle class musician who is making a living, yeah. doing music, being around music, getting on stage. I said, that means you're yeah. playing 200 shows a year. You're Lucinda Williams or Amy yeah. Mann or one of these people who can yeah. do it and is doing it. Yeah, and yeah. doing it and loving it. Um, and I kind of realized I don't think she's going to be one of those people yeah. because I can't, she can afford to live on campus. Yep. She doesn't want to do it because she says, I'm the kind of person who likes to sleep in my bed every night. 
This is a 17-year-old girl. I said, well, what I just told you then, you have to either learn to not sleep in your bed and to step out of that comfort zone or come up with a new dream. Yeah. You know? Well, I slept in a van in a Walmart parking lot for the better part of three years, Mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, and it's been five years since I've been on tour and, uh, and my wife and I just bought a camper, um, so that I could go sleep in Walmart parking lots again. (laughs) I missed it so much. No, but I didn't know that, you know, the, no joke. We just bought a camper. The first place that we stayed in the camper was a Walmart parking lot. (laughs) And I was just like, I'm back, (laughs) you know, back on the road. Um, but you know, uh, I, I think that's, I think that's a, a, a key point is that you have to, you have to be ready to jump in. But I think there are, a lot is changing. I think the entrepreneurial mind, the digital age is creating opportunities. You're still going to have to play a lot of shows. You're still going to have to be uncomfortable, but there's been some great panels and I know tomorrow's full of brand partnership conversations. So we're teaching artists a lot about brand partnerships. You can't start those soon enough. Like as soon as you're, you're trying to grow an audience, somebody else wants access to that audience. So from day one, be looking at who you can partner with and other people are growing an audience and you should be trying to gain access it's a it's a it's a give and take so from day one you can be working on on brand partnerships which eventually can become exceptionally lucrative that maybe if you're not you're gonna have to be a road warrior at some point in time but if you're somebody who does like to sleep in your bed maybe maybe you're leveraging some partnerships to where you can do 70 shows a year and through those 70 shows you're creating access for a brand uh, that that is kind of coming in, you know, maybe with the the other side of your revenue for the year and that entrepreneurial mind. So there's some great people talking on that here. There was a panel uh, yesterday by Yellow Wolf where he talks about all of his work um, with Slim American. Um, and and the key there though is you have to start it and you have to keep it going. But but your brand, you are a musician. You have to keep it about that. Otherwise, you end up um, starting an artist development uh, program where you take artists through a curriculum and, uh, and, and so well, you have there, to be I risky. Mean, you know, what you said is, but uh, I mean, we always preach this too. And I was, uh, I was on Epic Records in the 70s, would have yeah. been. And you don't become a band until we did six shows a night, six nights a week. Yeah. And, and rehearse during the day. Yeah. Now you become a band. It may take two months. Yeah. But until you do until you do something like that, where you're totally exhausted and there's, you know, it's one thirty. You still got another hour to play. It's a Monday night, and there's three people in the club. Yep. And the owner comes in and wait. There was three him, people there. And he, yeah, you're doing. <laughs> and good. the owner comes in and he pours himself a drink and sits at the bar. Yep. Watch you that last hour on a Monday night. Yeah. Uh, you learn, you know, you learn when then, to be and a then, musician. And then he plugs you in. Yeah. We, I mean, I can't tell you, uh, it, I can't tell you the number of times that that we've had artists uh, not complaining but struggling with the fact that they're playing to empty clubs, and they don't really get it until, uh, yeah, the the yeah. talent buyer or um, somebody goes, hey, you guys were really good. So sorry, the bar was mm-hmm. empty. We do have a big city festival happening next month, and I'd love to have you guys come back and play that. There's absolutely zero chance 
that they would ever get that opportunity without being out in the world yeah. doing the work of course. and uh and and spreading you know yeah. spreading the joy so well thanks for having me guys yeah this and, is great yeah, i appreciate it any this other is closing out yeah we still have four yeah. hours left I'm but yeah, yeah, we're, we're gonna be here. We got we're rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll be here awesome. all week. Thank you so much for yeah, so, coming. Yeah, yeah man. Really cool. Uh, yeah. So uh, people should go to zero to meaning to sixty by agd.com yeah, to check this out. They should be able to find it with sixty, uh, the number or written out either one. We okay. Have, we have both URLs, guys. Mm. Because we're fancy like that. That's Big hot. Deal. <laughs> Zero to sixty yeah. by agd. AGD. Yeah, AGD. and you can also find us at agdentertainment.com okay. as well. And uh, and do a strategy session, man. Like, let's Good. talk. All right. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, awesome. Julian. Thank you. thank you for getting him in here. Yeah. Thank, thank you for asking you. good questions. Marconi, yeah. thank you for being here. Asking and good you questions. as well. I love myself very much. I'm okay. your professor, David Kirk Philp. Very proud to be here along with Dr. Stable Marconi at the end of every show. Nathan, what do you think we say at the end of every show? <laughs> very <laughs> close. We say, adios! Hey, Dave, what do Paul Sinclair from Atlantic, Tom Hefter from Ticketmaster, Rosie Lopez from Tommy Boy, and Heather Ellis from Pandora all have in common? They're all bigwigs in the music and entertainment industry, Esteban. And? They all hate warm beer. And? They've all been guests on the Music Biz 101 and More radio show at 8 o'clock on Wednesday nights. Bingo. If you want to learn more about the music and entertainment biz, tweet in a question and tune in every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock to Music Music Biz 101 101 and More on Brave New Radio. Radio.